and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Marvin Scott Jarrett, the man who started Raygun Magazine in 1992, and then Nylon Magazine in 1999, plus a whole load of other titles along the way. He's just published a new book with Rizzoli that looks back on Raygun and the massive impact it had on 90s music and fashion and popular culture. And he was in London promoting the book at the end of May. So we met up at the Ace Hotel where he'd hosted a launch party the night before. We ended up commandeering the green room in the basement of the hotel. So um, thank you very much to the Ace for letting us do that. Um, and also thank you to Simon Armstrong at the Tate for putting me in my in touch it's very much appreciated if you're a regular listener to the stack podcast i think a lot of marvin's story will sound quite familiar and um, there's his early love of print there's his passion for music and the desire to create something reflecting that passion and the willingness to just get started and learn along the way but then there's also this ridiculous network that he has access to, which allows him to take his ideas and push them further than anybody else. There's a bit in our conversation that I love where he talks about working with his friend who was the founder of MySpace and using that emerging platform to push the nylon music issue. It was totally fascinating to hear his thoughts on his whole career so far. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Marvin Scott Jarrett. Hey Marvin, thank you for inviting me down to your weird little Shoreditch basement down here. Oh, um, really good to have you down here, Steve. <laughs> I'm like uh, fascinated by your business, and I think it's amazing for independent magazine creators. Well, that's that is exactly what we try for. But I, I'm fascinated by what you've been doing. So uh, th- this is kind of unusual for me because normally when I interview somebody. They're an independent magazine maker. Mm-hmm. I've probably been chatting with them on email for a while. I've seen their magazines and stuff. I was in the weird situation today of having to just go on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and try to like piece together some kind of chronology. So, the, so you have to tell me now if I get the dates wrong in this. And if I do, it's because Wikipedia have got their dates well, wrong. I don't think I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let, let's see what I found. I think I'm a shadow on Wikipedia. All right, so I, I have got you as growing up uh, reading Rolling Stone and Cream magazines. Right. And you then went and got a job on Cream and found it to be a bit of an anticlimax because it wasn't the magazine that you had uh, loved growing up. Uh, so then you managed to persuade a friend to buy it and you become an editor there in, what, like the early 90s or something? Yeah, we... Um me and a friend of mine bought Cream, and I relaunched it in 1990 in like a very cool, oversized format. And uh, that's where I learned how to do a magazine. So um, I just learned by experience, and uh, I I did all the creative, and my friend. Um, from growing up, this guy, Shay Ralph, he did the business aspects of the mm-hmm. magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dealing with the printer and you know, the payables and wow. all this sort of stuff. And uh, so I, I connected with a really good executive editor 
somebody from Warner Brothers Records put me in touch with this guy, Rob Seidenberg. And uh, I had found like an amazing art director to do it um, in Boston, a guy named Gary Kupke. And uh, so we would assign all the articles and the photography from my place in LA and then I would go to Boston every issue to oversee the art direction with Gary and uh, I would assign all the photography and then um, my executive editor editor Rob he would assign the writers and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we just would put it together so you basically learned as you went along and and made things up And, and while you were there you came across another art director called David Carson. Exactly, yeah. Um, so Gary had turned me on to David Carson. He was doing um, a smallish sort of magazine called Beach Culture. And I just loved the look of it. And uh, I just thought it would be really cool. I already knew I was doing a new music magazine after... Um, my partner sold cream to somebody else and I left and I wanted to do something new and uh, I, I, I thought it could be really cool to bring him into the music landscape. So, so this is 1992 and yep. you launch Raygun with uh, David Carson as art director. Were you editor at that point? Yeah, I was editor-in-chief and... Um, and as well as publisher, and uh, I hired an amazing, again, an amazing executive editor named Randy Bacosta, who had a really cool fanzine at the time that I liked, a great taste in alternative music. And um, his dad was actually the founder of the famous LA radio station K Rock. Mm-hmm. So he sort of grew up in that world and um, he had great tastes and he seemed like the right guy to help me um, with the words, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And so so at this point then, so you're no longer doing your trips across the Boston, you're based on the West Coast making Raygun magazine. Exactly. And so you guys did that for eight years together, you did that till 2000, because then in 1999, you move over to the East Coast and you launch Nylon. Yeah, well, it's not exactly like that, but um, so from ninety. 90- <laughs> I told you, I told you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So from I um, did Raygun from nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety eight, mm-hmm. and uh, in the spring of of ninety eight, I. I got a little disillusioned with music and I had some partners in the magazine at this point, financial partners. And I just said, and I had this idea to do cool girls magazine. And, uh, so I said to them, um, look, I've got an an idea for something new and uh, why don't you guys just buy me out? And, um, so I stayed till the end of 98 and then started Nylon in the spring of 99. And uh, 
they carried on for another year mm-hmm. um, after I left. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't exist. <laughs> so that came to an end. Right, right. And right, so, right, right. So, so then Nylon, um, you were there until 2014, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and so then um, 2014, so that's when you left there. Um, and then I think I'm right in saying that Nylon went all digital 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. they did. Okay, we've got our chronology down. Good. <laughs> so now I'm interested to know, what was it about magazines in the first place? What made you, uh, all the way back, you know, before right. you were on Cream, what yeah. made you think that's what you want to be doing? Well, you know, I was a music fanatic, from the time I was 13, I was a magazine fanatic from the time I was 13. And I grew up playing guitar and playing in bands and whatnot. And, um, you know, I would not only buy music magazines, Cream and Rolling Stone, but I was into surfing at the time. So I would buy Surfer and Surfing and I was into skateboarding. So I'd buy Transworld and... Um, so magazines were just magical to me. They, they transported me to someplace else. And uh, at some point in my early 20s, I sort of put the two together, you know, music and magazines. And this is what I think I'm meant to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so then you actually go ahead and do it and end up making this magazine, which I mean, the certainly a lot of the people who I speak to now who mm-hmm. are uh, making magazines, they refer back to Raygun as, well, that was the magazine that made me think I wanted to make magazines. Did it sort of feel like that at the time or did it just feel like a thing you were doing? Well, um, I knew it was resonating around the world, so to speak. You know, the second issue we had like photographers from Iceland showing up on my door and basically we had a I started Raygun out of my one bedroom apartment in LA and and basically um, Randy would assign the writing I would sign all the photography and we'd send it down to Carson Carson um, basically designed it at Surfer at night the first couple issues and then he he set up his own little studio in in San Diego area so that was sort of like a remote situation which you know now is like very common and practical yeah, where yeah. back then it was sort of unheard of um so uh so how, so, how so, so it, 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 you know I knew that it was something and then, you know, we all of a sudden, like after this second, third issue, we had like all these global advertisers calling to advertise in it. And um, so I certainly knew it was significant, but I didn't have the, like now where people come up to me and say, oh, Ray Gunn, like influenced me to do what I do. Yeah. kind of thing yeah do you do you think that something like that is possible in the world today as it was then because i mean it's become so much easier to make mm-hmm. something 
and that means so many people are doing it. I guess one of the things that you had on your side back then is that there just weren't so many people going out there and saying, I can make an amazing magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was, it was more difficult to get into that space back then. You did have a fanzine culture and that really the inspiration behind Raygun really was like a, almost like a fanzine with amazing production values. You know, I've always come at it from a place of, I'm a music fan. I'm not a music critic. So um, if I'm going to write about a band, it's got to be somebody that I'm interested in, that I that I like, that I'm championing, not to like do some negative piece. So, um, so in that sense, you know, it was it. It, it, it came from that spirit, if you will, you know, the DNA, you know, was like, you know, I, I love music. I, I'm really into these bands right now. And I somehow want to be a connection between the band or the artist and the fan. And that's what we were. Uh, and so David Carson is off somewhere else mm -hmm. working remotely. These days, as you say, it's very easy. You yeah. can be on Dropbox or, or whatever. How are you actually seeing his pages? Because also, I mean, the, you know, he's renowned for coming up with some pretty extreme stuff. So the, you're going to be in for some surprises along the way there. I would literally see the pages at the pre-press house. Wow. So... Um, Too late to make any changes. <laughs> I mean, it. I could have if I really wanted to but what he was doing was so amazing that I loved it as art and um you know I I gave him like ridiculous creative freedom so um I think you know that led to him being able to be a better art director so um yeah, it, it, it worked well for, you know, a period of time. And, <laughs> and, and then okay, and then yeah. it didn't, and then it didn't, okay. So then, um, so you, you go off um, to Nylon, and mm -hmm. am I right in saying that your wife works with you on both those titles as yeah, well? Yeah, she did, yeah. she did, yeah. Uh, and so the, is that like a creative partnership? Because again, with independence, it's quite common that you mm -hmm. see there are like romantic couples working together because this is what you want to spend your time doing. Do you, I mean, is that a similar story with you or did you actually meet her through the work? No, I, I met her um, while I was doing Cream and, uh, you know, and then she ended up uh, getting involved in, in Raygun from the very start and she would sell advertising and... Um, that's how we started and you know she got more involved in the business aspects the magazine and you know under Reagan I was publishing a number of magazines mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know we really had like a, a, a little youth culture media empire at that point so um, you know I was doing a custom magazine for Warner Music Group called huh I had um, a magazine a that I did with MTV here based out of London called Blah Blah Blah. 
I had a cool guys magazine called Bikini. I had a snowboard magazine called Stick. And a lot of things going on. And um, so she totally took on the publisher role. And, you know, I was totally editor-in-chief and creative. And, um, you know, I would go into certain meetings, like big idea, big things but it wasn't something like I would have to go out and like sell advertising on a day-to-day basis yeah 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 yeah. and and so that also then must be a real nerve-wracking moment because Mm -hmm. you have had your success Mm -hmm. in a in a way with so with Reagan you've got a stable of other magazines to step aside from that and say you're doing something new that yeah there must be a lot of pressure involved um, you know, I just, I really got disillusioned with music at that point. And I was doing these music based magazines and, um, it was the height of the boy band era and I was just, I wasn't feeling it. And, um, I, I had this idea that biggest magazine market in the world was women's magazines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only people that were doing it were these big, giant corporations, Hearst, Condé Nast, um, Hachette. And I felt like I'm going to do the coolest magazine in that world and it's going to be big. Mm. Um, And I just felt like I could do that. But I also didn't have to be the coolest magazine in the world. Like, I'd already done that. That, to me, like, hands down, that was it for me. And, you know, uh, I, I just felt like I wanted to do something bigger. I aspired to do something bigger. Mm-hmm. And um, we did. And I guess also at, at that moment, so coming into, like, the the start of the 2000s mm-hmm. you've also got the internet coming in at that point I mean obviously it had been around before that but the but really widespread use of the internet and that's something that anyone making magazines has had to reckon with mm-hmm. and Nylon embraced it early on yeah we did I mean um, you know early on I was friends with um, this guy Krista Wolf. And he was the CEO of MySpace, the founder of MySpace with Tom. And um, we connected and I just thought, I've got to embrace this space. And I went to Chris and I go, Chris, I've got a big idea. And, um, you know, the idea was simple. It was was basically... uh, Look, I'm going to tag every article and every record review in my Nylon Music issue back to a MySpace URL. Mm. And you, in turn, really promote me on the homepage. You give me these massive homepage takeovers. And Nylon was everywhere because MySpace was so hot at that time. And then... um, I was able to replicate that with YouTube and Apple with iTunes. And um, so the brand took on 
a bigger than life aspect mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. able to surf those waves, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And take advantage of what they're so good at in terms mm -hmm. of, because I guess one of the limitations of a print magazine is that you read the stuff there, you have the great thoughts in your head, and that's kind of the end of it. Whereas the whole point of something like MySpace is that it's actually connecting you to stuff and, and leading you on to the next thing. Right, exactly. Uh, and so you're at a stage now, you're, you're, you're here, you're promoting uh, your new book um, uh, about Reagan. Say you've got another project coming up now. Right. Are you going to want to work in print or are you going to want to do something online or is it going to be something else altogether where, like, where, where does this lead that you? hasn't been invented yet <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um yes to both and mm. all those things mm. so i think um i do have a, a new project that i'm developing um and it will have digital aspects and there will be some print aspect and um you know we'll see you know I, it's, it's I, kind of top secret I'm but gonna say, I feel like you can't say too much about yeah this. yeah 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 okay. but um yeah I've got something new in my head and been developing with a couple different art directors and so forth mm -hmm. and uh it's pretty cool okay well I'll look forward to hearing about that another time when you can talk about it but so tell us about the book for now then so so this is a slab of a book. It's a, a proper tome. Why now? Why, why make this now? Um, you know, basically, I had done a few nylon books with Charles Myers at Rizzoli, and um, we did it under the Universe imprint. And over the course of making these books, you know, he planted the seed in my head. Like, he's like, Marvin, if you ever want to do a ray gun book with Rizzoli, I would love to do that. So the seed was planted in my head. And, like, I, I, I it sort of went in and went out. And then, um, you know, a few years later, I started thinking more about it. I started getting more into music again. And I just thought, now's the right time to do this. It just feels right. And uh, so we, we signed the deal with Rizzoli and I started working on it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's out now and it's exciting because I think that um, it's got this cross-generational appeal. You know, people that were involved with it, were inspired by it, um, are reacting and loving it, but also like, you know, 22 year old kids and, you know, are equally inspired by just like, it's crazy. Like, um, I, I had a dinner last night to promote it here in London and I had, uh, these two people from pilot magazine and they were just like, you know, really, it really resonated with them. So, you know, I've seen people react to it that and that's exciting to just, just like to turn a whole nother generation on to how cool this mm -hmm. magazine was mm -hmm. and is yeah yeah well it's still in its plastic here i'm not touching it because it's gonna go in my bag after this but i'm really looking forward to, to take a look through thank you so much for taking the time to talk 
course. It was great meeting you, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Marvin for making time to talk. And thanks also for the book. Uh, I wasn't cool enough to be into Ray Gunn at the time. So I came to this one as a new reader. And of course, I'd heard a lot about Ray Gunn over the years, but I definitely didn't appreciate just how revolutionary it was. If that all sounds like something you want in your life, search for Raygun, the Bible of Music and Style. Uh, or you can also find more information and see some spreads inside at risoliusa.com. Remember, we've got lots more conversations with magazine makers waiting in our archives. Just search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. And you'll be able to trawl through hours of editors, designers and publishers speaking about what they do. And if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver our next episodes as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one. And we'll be back with our next episode next week.